certificate. 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 I got my certificate in the third grade. <laughs> You're listening to the Mr. Cemetery Show, the podcast that's dedicated to the dark corners of the world. From weird news to historical oddities and the unexplained mysteries. Here's your host, Mr. Cemetery. Hello and welcome back, you sick, twisted freaks. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Josh and I am Mr. Cemetery. You can follow me on all the socials at Mr. Cemetery. And with me today is my co-host, who flips me off a lot each episode, and no one cares. She's really mean to me, and really, no one cares. But she's known on over on YouTube and Instagram as one spooky pookie. It's Krista. Yay! Welcome, Krista. Flipping you off right now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Uh, <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. One, I got stuck in a dream loop where you kept dying. Will you quit dying, please? Quit killing me quit, in your sleep. Quit dying. It's your brain. You're the one who keeps killing me. I mm. think you want me dead. Quit flipping me off. But I will never quit doing that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then I woke up around 2 a.m. I have a migraine from hell today. My eyeball keeps twitching. Twitchy eye. Sucks. Oh, that's how I'm doing. Suck today. Like every other day. But who's judging? Oh, I'm judging. Stop judging me. I'm so judging you. Stop judging me, woman. So, to continue with Mr. Cemetery's Movie Spooktacular, where we pick three movies or TV shows to get us through the spooky season, we continue. Last week, you picked Pet Cemetery, Monster Squad, Young Frankenstein, and I picked Carlo... F- blah, blah, blah. You did? Blah, yeah, blah, blah. never seen that. Blah, blah. Is that a vampire movie? Yeah. <laughs> I picked Garfield's Halloween Adventures, Hocus Pocus, and The Omen. <laughs> what are your choices this week, lady? I've got Rose Red, 13 Ghosts, and The Lost Boys. Rose Red. How beautiful you are, Rose Red. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great little yeah. mini, mini series movie. It's a mini, yeah, but it's yeah. a movie. It's, yeah. I really, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. I really liked it. Great Stephen King miniseries. Can't say anything bad about it. No. Yeah, yeah. 13 Ghosts. Not a fan of mini remakes. 13 Ghosts. I loved it. It was good. Yeah. In the movie, the characters need special glasses to see the ghost. Mm-hmm. And in the 1960 versions, they also need glasses. That is one of the few details kept from the original. I don't believe I've ever seen the original. Oh, yeah. It's pretty Have good. You? It, it's, it's not bad. Yeah. The, the remake was better, I think. Very, very few like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hard to get a good remake. The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's the attack of Eddie Munster. <laughs> yes. Great movie. Still holds up. Love it. Love the grandfather. <laughs> Love it. Great vampire movie. It is. My choices are, are you ready? Mm-hmm. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> Ernest. Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> yes. Any person who wants to break from the feel good, you know, Halloween movies, definitely give this one a check out. Yeah. Ernest is great. Ernest scared stupid is a good one. Yes. My next pick is Adam's Family TV show or movie. I haven't seen the cartoons yet. I can't bring myself to watch them. Now, the 60s cartoon I've watched. Mm-hmm. That was it's good. A good bit. Yeah. I'll go with TV show or movie. Yeah. Not the cartoon movies because I won't watch them. The Addams Family originally was a comic strip. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. It was originally a comic strip. And the characters didn't even have names in the comic strip. Hmm. They were named when the TV show came out. Fun fact, Wednesday's middle name is Friday. 
<laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah. Some of the set designs from the TV show were recycled from the film The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh. Yeah. Tim Merton. Tim, blah, 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 blah. There I go again. Mm-hmm. Tim Burton is making a Netflix series. I'm not sure about it yet. I do like some Tim Burton. I do like some Netflix, but I'm not sure about it yet. I'll watch it. I'll give it a try. I watch some stupid shit. We'll see when it comes out. Yeah. What's it called? Adam's Family. Oh, they're they're doing the Adam's Family. That's yeah. right. You don't pay attention to me. No. You don't notice me. You're mean to me. Shut up. Moving on. <laughs> My next is Jeepers Creepers. I don't know if it's a demon or a devil or some hungry thing from the dark place in time. Great movie. Where'd you get those peepers? Oh, that song. <laughs> That's the only bad thing about that movie, because that song will get stuck in my head for freaking days. Yeah. Oh. Mine too. Oh, it's, but other than that, great movie. I like it the sequels, two, three. Oh, yeah, and that's not usually the case with a lot of those movies either, and a lot of yeah. times I don't like the sequels. Yeah, so good. Good little series. Mm-hmm. Now let's turn it over some weird-ass news. A gravestone missing for almost 150 years was being used as a marble slab to make fudge. 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 Mmm, fudgy. <laughs> <laughs> How the gravestone got inside a home of the Okemos, Michigan, outside Lansing. Now that's a mystery according to the Friends of Lansing Historic Cemeteries, or the FOLHC, President Loretta Stanaway said. The monument was discovered in August on an estate auction site after the monarch of the family was placed in a care facility for Alzheimer, Stanaway said. A former citizen of Lansing recognized it was probably from a cemetery. Well, no crap. <laughs> you think? Wow. Genius here. Anyway, he got in touch with the FOLHC and started an investigation. The family hired an auctioneer to take care of the item, Stanaway told CNN. As he was going through the things, he saw a slab of marble in the kitchen, and it turned out to be a gravestone. That's really weird. Yeah, 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 definitely. Stanaway said the family told her that the gravestone was used as a hard surface to make seasonal fudge. Is that like haunted fudge? Haunted fudge would be awesome. <laughs> a little dirty sounding. Yeah. I, I, that's, Whatever. Gravestone fudge. Mm-mm. Granny, can I have some gravestone fudge, please? <laughs> please, please. Since it was made out of marble, the family could not say how or when the gravestone got there. The process to find the gravestone's rightful home was a very long one, said Stanaway. We looked into trying to find any relatives to see what we could figure out, what the story was from a relative standpoint, or someone who could give us permission to put the monument back where it belonged. But we weren't able to find any survivors, Stanaway said. Peter J. Weller died in 1849 in Lansing, Michigan, and was buried in Oak Park Cemetery, Stanaway said. In 1875, his grave was moved from Hope Cemetery, but the monument never made it. The gravestone has been missing for 146 years before it was returned. The auctioneer donated the monument to the FLOHC, and they got back to work restoring his plot. They discovered Weller had two daughters and a daughter-in-law in the same cemetery. His daughter-in-law's stone had been restored in 2014, so they decided to restore his daughters as well. The FOLHC hired a preservationist, and he returned the monuments to their former glory. Now Weller resides next to his daughters 172 years after his death, and don't get fudge made on his gravestone no more. That's creepy and gross. Like, why would you even think to do that? And where, I don't even understand why they had it in the first place. Well, they were walking through the cemetery one day, and they were like, you know what? That's a nice headstone. You know what that would be great for? Granny's fudge. I guess. I want some fudge. Let's get it. Let's get some fudge. 
fudgy. I don't know. This <laughs> people are weird. Yeah. <laughs> Take it home and make fudge on it. I don't know. I just <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The Mr. Cemetery Show will return after these messages. Are you looking for something spooky fun to do this Halloween? We suggest taking a look at the Mr. Cemetery coloring book. Why? Well, it's simple. As you may know, coloring books are not only fun, but they also come with a long list of benefits. They reduce stress and anxiety, enhance with sleep, and aiding with memory, and so, so much more. So head over to Amazon.com and get your copy of the Mr. Cemetery coloring book. It's fun for all ages. Just search Mr. Cemetery coloring book or visit the show notes for links for all things Mr. Cemetery. Too scared to sleep? Then get some coffee. Check out our haunting friends over at Sinister Coffee and Creamery. They have the perfect coffee to help you stay awake. Whether you're looking for whole beans, ground, or organic coffee pods, Sinister Coffee and Creamery has you covered. Their beans are prepared in small batches to ensure a gourmet roast that will have you screaming for more. Check them out at SinisterCoffeeandCreamery.com and use our special discount code CEMETERY10 to save 10% off your order. Again, that's SinisterCoffeeandCreamery.com. Use discount code CEMETERY10 to save 10% off your order. Now, back to the Mr. Cemetery Show. Ha, 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 ha. You gotta go first. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, rude. What you get, small one. It ain't right. I know. I ain't right, but life ain't right, so deal with it. I don't wanna. Mm, deal with it. <laughs> I don't wanna. Go first. All right. My story's about the Bell Witch. Bell Witch? The Bell Witch. Like my bell? No. Oh. Nothing like that. Okay. Dap it. Well, then continue. Okay. So. In 1804, John Bell and his family settled on 300 acres of land, now known as Adams, Tennessee. In 1817, the Bell family began to endure a haunting that would last for several years. The haunting started with doors pounding, slaps on the walls, and rattling of unseen chains. It didn't take long for things to escalate. The noises would increase with intensity and force with each night. The children would claim to hear rats gnawing on their bedposts. Well, probably had rats. It's a possibility. <laughs> I'm going with they got rats. Could be. Not long after that, the children began complaining of having their bed covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by a seemingly invisible entity. I'm going if it was a big-ass rat. Could have been a big-ass rat. Big-ass rat. <laughs> As time went on, the bells began to hear faint whisperings of what sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns. As the encounters continued to escalate, the bells' youngest daughter began to experience brutal encounters with the entity. It would pull her hair and slap her relentlessly, often leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. Feeling helpless, John confided to his neighbor, James Johnston, what he and his family had been enduring. James and his wife agreed to spend the night with the Bells to see firsthand what his friend was talking about. At first, the night began peacefully without incident. But upon retiring for the night, they were subjected to the same terrifying disturbances that the Bells had been experiencing. After their bed covers were yanked off and James was slapped, he sprang out of bed and shouted at the unseen entity, asking who it was and what it wanted. The entity didn't respond, and the rest of the night remained peaceful. The next morning, James told the Bells that he believed the culprit was most likely an evil spirit. The entity's voice strengthened over time and became loud and unmistakable. It eventually identified itself only as Kate. She sang hymns, 
quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversation, and once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy rat. Mm. Word of the supernatural phenomena soon spread outside the settlement. It is said that even future president Andrew Jackson got word of the so-called Bell Witch and made his way to the family to investigate the occurrences, bringing an entourage of several men. Some alleged that after their stay with the Bell family, Jackson had later proclaimed that he would rather fight the British at New Orleans than fight the Bell Witch. Over time, Betsy Bell became interested in Joshua Gardner, a young man who lived nearby. With the blessings of their parents, they decided to marry. Everyone was happy about their engagement. Well, almost everyone. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Shouldn't have did it. Mm-hmm. The evil, mysterious entity became furious and repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry Joshua. Yeah, no one marries Josh. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Don't bad marry Josh. <laughs> Eventually, the torment would prove too much and the engagement was broken off. The disturbances decreased after the engagement ended, but Kate continued to express disdain for John Bell and vowed to kill him. John's health began to fail, and he was experiencing episodes of facial twitching and difficulty swallowing. This malady kept worsening with time, and by the fall of 1820, his failing health would confine him to the house, allowing Kate to torment him endlessly. Maybe he had some weird disease. Bell palsy? That's kind of what it sounds like, I think. Might be what it was. That's what I'm going to love. Red Bell Posse. John Bell died on December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma a day earlier. Immediately after his death, his family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on the cat's tongue. <laughs> the cat jumped up into the air, rolled over in midair, and was dead when it hit the floor. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's not nice at all. Here, what's this? Let's see what the cat does. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> oh, shit. He's in troubles. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, all right. The entity then exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. That sounds um, dirty. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace. It burst into a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. During the funeral, Kate could be heard singing and laughing and didn't stop until the last mourner had left the graveyard. Kate's presence became nearly non-existent after the funeral, as though she had fulfilled her purpose. In April of 1821, Kate returned and said to John's widow, Lucy Bell, that she was leaving and would return in seven years. Kate did return in 1828, as promised. Her visit mostly centered on John Bell Jr., whom the entity discussed the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, and the need for a major spiritual reawakening. After three weeks, Kate bade farewell, promising to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. The year would be 1935, and the closest living direct descendant at the time was Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, a neurologist and John Bell Sr.'s great-grandson. Dr. Bell published a book about the Bell Witch in 1934 that was authored by his father and passed on to him upon his death. Dr. Bell died in 1945, and it is unknown if the witch actually returned as promised. There's a number of theories that have been put forth as to who or what was behind the Bell Witch. A couple of the most popular listed are as followed. Kate Batts. Kate Batts was a neighbor of John Bell who was known to have held a grudge against John Bell because she believed John cheated her in a land purchase. Betsy Bell. There's a couple of theories here. Because of her age, it is believed that she may have unknowingly manifested a poltergeist. 
It is believed that sometimes children who are at or nearing the age of puberty can unconsciously manifest poltergeist activity. Two, she was just acting out for some reason and staged most of the events herself and the rest is just a result of mass hysteria. Number three, demonic. The land itself is cursed or haunted and John Bell's development on the land awakened it and their continual interactions with it allowed it to grow in strength. And that's it. What's your take on it? I don't know. It's an interesting story. There seems to be a lot of witnesses to this. <laughs> Maybe they're all drunk. Could be. I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't know with this one. Like, I, yeah. I think it's all plausible in one way or another. Yeah, that's an that's a interesting one. Yeah, I really don't know. Could be the daughter. Could not be the daughter. Whole family could have been in on it. Boredom. Could have been the do. neighbor. Yeah, that I don't know. I do want to read the book, though. There's a book. I think there's a couple movies the, the that were that, made. Well, the book that he wrote. Or oh, yeah. he. Wrote. Yeah, there was like a diary that was kept. Yeah. Yeah. I like to read that. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. And I think there's some documentaries out there about yeah. it, too. I'm still going with rat. Large rat. I've seen the secret in them. I know what goes on. Mm-hmm. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> uh, explains a lot. Well, uh-huh. That's who it was. I bet he was missing a finger. Uh, couldn't be. <laughs> couldn't be. I know. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, I also have a story about a witch. Wow. Yeah. It's a witchy day. It's a witchy day. This is the story of the witch girl, a pilot snob. Pilot snob? Don't you do it. I didn't say nothing. All right. The Little Witch Girl of Pilot Snob is a strange little scary legend surrounding a young girl who is buried in a concrete grave in Marion, Kentucky. Years ago, back in 1916, a woman named Mary Louise Ford and her five-year-old daughter, Mary Ellen Ford, were living in Pilot Snob. Both mother and daughter were accused of being witches and the superstitious villagers were too terrified to wait and bring them to trial. Instead, they dragged the mother and daughter out to their house and burned them alive at the stake. They buried their mother's body somewhere else, but they were afraid the little witch girl would come back from the dead and search for revenge. As you know, so the kid's going to do it all. Always involves the kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the fearful villagers made sure and took precautions to protect themselves. They buried her right there in Pilot's Knob in a still reinforced coffin. After they lowered it into the grave, they filled it with concrete. Then they put gravel over top and built a metal fence all around the gravesite. As you know, gravel's going to help. Yeah. The fence was made with interconnected white crosses, which the villagers believed would keep the ghost of the little witch girl trapped inside. According to the legend, the little witch's ghost passes back and forth between the fence. They say that she is still searching for her mother who is buried elsewhere. Town folklore states that the little girl's spirit cannot cross the gate around her grave, but she reaches out to anyone who dares to come near. She can pull a mortal into her grave and it is said that she makes faces to provoke people so that they come near to you and then she pulls them into the gated area. Well, that's pretty mean. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Oh, I see a little witch girl go na 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 Pitcher's got a big butt. <laughs> On the other side of the fence lies something much darker. The Watcher. He is an evil presence that is trying to get the little girl, but he cannot. He's a pervert. Yeah. Pervert. Mm. He cannot cross over the crosses which guard and entrap her. Instead, he carefully attempts to snatch her soul and chases the bystanders away. Pervert. Weirdo. He watches the little girl. He's a pervert. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Weird. Some people have seen tiny child's footprints in the gravel over her grave. Those who have seen her say she wears a white dress that is scorched at the bottom and her long blonde hair smolders at the end. 
people who live in the area advise visitors do not go near the gravesite. I never go there, said one local. No one does. There's a lot of stuff that goes on up there. Other locals tell you, just turn around. Do not go into the cemetery. Yes. Spooky little story. Spooky little kid. Spooky little watchers. Yeah. What do you think on this? What do I think? Yes. I don't know. Here's what I think. I got some more to the story. After looking at her death certificate, Mary Ellen Ford, the five-year-old daughter of James and Rebecca Ford, it states that she died of inflammation of the abdominal lining on May 31st, 1916. Her mother, Rebecca, was still living at the time of the 1920 census that was taken four years after her daughter's death. Neither one was a freaking witch. So, please leave the little girl alone. Let her rest in peace. Shame on you asses for passing this off as a real story. She's not a witch. She didn't die as a witch. Leave her gravesite alone. I wonder why they started that in the first place. Boredom. Okay, well, yeah, I guess, but... Weirdos. It's just weird, yeah. I don't know. This, it's weird. They got nothing better to do. Maybe because the grave was different? Probably. You get a lot of stories because the graves are different. Yeah. Maybe they, I could see that. Yeah. Gravestone's different than the rest of them. There must be some kind of creepy, spooky reason why. Yeah. Oh, she's a witch. It's <laughs> yeah. different. It's got fence around it. Oh, golly, fence. Did they even bury, like, if you were tried as a witch, were you even allowed in a cemetery? I think you just got burned. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think that if you were... You were buried elsewhere if you were buried. Like outside know. the cemetery, yeah, you, you weren't allowed in. If you in. were burned, you're not going to be... Is that too. You're cremated. But I don't think you're, you're allowed, if you're evil, you weren't allowed on consecrated yeah. land. They buried you elsewhere. So, there's that. Think. People think. <laughs> Use your little minds. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know where it came from. It's, it's a weird story. Yes. Is it a true story? No. Sad story. It's a sad story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't, so you never miss a future episode. Do you want to miss one? No. If you could help us out by telling your friends, your family, or even spread the word on social media, whatever you can do to help us spread the word of our little podcast here, it would be much appreciated. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. See ya! Thanks for listening to another episode of the Mr. Cemetery Show. The Mr. Cemetery Show is an independent production. For photos from today's episode, find us over on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mr. Cemetery. If you have a story you would like to submit, send it to us at the Mr. Cemetery Show at gmail.com. And as always, stay creepy, my friends. Wow, chicken bum bum.